the warp and the woof and the very thread in which the whole cloth is woven or the embroidery of the whole universe is woven in me. <coughs> so both saguna as well as nirguna, Lord with attributes and beyond attributes, only one truth which in its true nature transcends all the attributes, but that alone appears to be with all the attributes also. So don't think that there are two Ishwaras, Saguna Brahma and Nirguna Brahma. So Brahman with attributes and Brahman without attributes. Somebody says we believe in Brahman without attributes, we don't believe in Brahman with attributes. Somebody says we believe in this and not in that. It's not a matter of believing, this is, the truth is only one. Because when we examine what is the reality of the attributes and name and form, it just turns out to be mithya. That attributes or names and forms are all changing. What's changing should necessarily depend upon that which does not change. And thus, the relationship between the two is between satyam and mithya, like between rope and the snake. <coughs> we'll have a chance to see that further. Now in next several verses, Lord Krishna tells us how everything is strung in me, how he pervades everything. For, for the purpose of meditation, Lord Krishna says in several verses now, how we can see him, how we can meditate upon him, how we can experience him, because he is all pervasive, he is everywhere. So some of the expressions are being described here. This is what we call vibhuti. Vibhuti means the glory to the Lord. Vividhena bhavanam, how the same one appears or manifests in different ways, so his vibhutis are described here. So, although the tenth chapter is known as Vibhuti Yoga, the chapter describing the glories of the Lord, but the description of Vibhuti of the glory starts right from here. So we find them being described in seventh chapter, eighth chapter, ninth chapter also, tenth, eleventh. <coughs> so let us read the eighth verse. Rasoham apsukaunteya Prabhasmishashi suryayoho Pranavasarva vedeshu Shabdakhe paurusham drusho Rasoham apsukaunteya He kaunteya and the taste in water. You know these five elements, space, air, fire, water and earth. Each element has its own quality. Sound is the quality of space. Touch is the quality of element, air. Color or the form is the quality of the element, fire. Taste is the quality of element, water. And smell is the quality of the element earth. <coughs> so Lord Krishna, that's what I am. So I am the taste in water. So as we said, this the whole universe is like an embroidery and the Lord pervades the entire embroidery. In that embroidery there are various kinds of designs. And so in each design is pervading. Apsu, in water, I am the very taste. <coughs> so water is one kind of a design in which the Lord pervades as the very taste, the very essence. Taste is the essence of water. Water is in fact not separate from taste. 
Remove the trace and there is nothing there, you know, and therefore what we call water is nothing but the manifestation of taste. So Lord Krishna says, I am the taste in water. Prabhasmi Shashi Surya Yoho. So from now, whenever you taste anything, you know what you are tasting. So whatever it is, karela, let us say, the bitterness. And it is rasgulla, it is sweetness. Whatever taste is there, the very taste is Ishvara. And all the different tastes, whether sweet or sour or bitter, all of these are what we call the vibhuti. A one taste, how one, vibhuti means vividhena bhavanam, how one becomes many. The manifold manifestation of one is called vibhuti. So taste is one, meaning that's one principle, and that alone manifests as the sour, the bitter, the sweet, and whatever. And so, now you can meditate on God even while enjoying your food. If you can remember, if you don't get too much, too much absorbed in food itself, <laughs> then you can meditate. That is why Ishavasya Upanishad says, Tena Tyaktena Bhunji Saha. May you enjoy everything through Tyaga, detachment or renunciation. What is meant by renunciation is the ability to focus on what is the essence. So not too much preoccupation with pizza, how, what is the color and what is what the taste. If you remember that, and then we get lost in the taste. If you can remain conscious while tasting also, you can enjoy the taste also and maintain the thought flow that in the form of this taste there is none other than Lord. You remember in the beginning we said in the introduction, that what is bhakti or devotion to the Lord, worshipping the Lord is maintaining a thought flow. So Vedanta tells us how we can in fact do that in all our activities. It is one thing that we are seated before the altar of worship. It is relatively easy to maintain the thought of the Lord. But how do we remember God in our day-to-day activities? Tasmat sarveshu kaleshu mamanusmara yudhyaja. Lord Krishna says that, therefore, remember me at all the times while doing your day-to-day activities, while performing your duties. So this is one way. Eating also. You can, you can enjoy the food. So Vedanta does not uh, in any way oppose the enjoyment of life. In fact, Vedanta teaches us how to really enjoy the life without getting, without being addicted to that. You see, usually when we enjoy things, we get so absorbed in that, that ultimately we get addicted to the thing. We do not retain our individual identity. And so I drink coffee, and then second cup of third cup, and ultimately a time comes when I am addicted to coffee, then I can't do without it. Is no more I who is drinking coffee, then coffee starts drinking me. So that alone is called detachment. That I drink coffee, the coffee does not drink me. Thus, I drink coffee and enjoy my freedom. So, Rasoham Apsukaunde, Lord Krishna says, I am the taste in water. And water alone has taste. So, wherever taste is, there is nothing but the manifestation of Lord. Prabhasmi Shashi Surya Yoho. In sun and moon, I am the very light in the moon and the sun. So, what it means is, that Lord, who is of the nature of taste, 
alone manifests as water. Lord, who is the nature of light, manifests as the sun and the moon. Because sun and moon are not apart from light. Take away the light, there is no sun or no moon. In forever, I am the light in sun and moon. The light that I am, I manifest myself as the sun and the moon. <clears throat> so now looking at the sun or the moon also, you can meditate on Lord as what? As the very light in sun and moon that, that illumines everything. In short, Lord Krishna here says that, I am the essence of everything. I am the cause of everything. I am what we call the Samanya and Vishesha. So, in this part, clay is what we call Samanya. Samanya is that which is common, universal. And part is called Vishesha, a particular manifestation of the clay. So clay is the universal principle and part is a particular manifestation of that. So universal is called Samanya. The particular is called Vishesha. The Vishesha can never be apart from Samanya. The particular cannot be apart from the general. Because take away the clay, there is no part. So what is part is nothing but a specific manifestation of clay. Or what is part is nothing but, in Vedantic language, a superimposition upon the clay. Part is said to be the superimposition upon the clay. Because really, what object is in my hand, nothing but clay, but we call it part. So, thus, the Samanya becomes the essence of the Vishesha. Clay is the very essence of the part. So, Lord Krishna thus says that, I am the Samanya, I am the universal principle in everything. So, in all the various states, I am the very principle of taste. I am the very principle of light which manifests the sun and the moon and fire and bulb and anything. So it's not that Lord Krishna is only light of the sun. He's light anywhere. Sun and moon are presented here as illustration, but suppose there's a firefly, well, light there also is Lord. Suppose there's a bulb, light there also is Lord. So this is kind of, this is Ishwara. This light is Ishwara. Doesn't sound very, uh, very exciting, you know. Well, it's, but light is that which illumines. Without that there will be darkness. Without that we cannot see. It's a great blessing. Each one of this is nothing. In fact, this is also nothing but the blessing of the Lord, or grace of the Lord. Imagine if there's no taste in our life, what would that have been? Suppose there's no light. So, the whole life can be appreciated as nothing but the grace of the Lord. How every moment we are enjoying the grace. And this is how the very devotion it can be invoked in our heart. When we can see the fact that we are enjoying the grace, we are enjoying the favor, we are enjoying all the privileges without even asking for it. All of this is just kept ready for us, for us just to enjoy. It's just given freely. When we can see what all is done for us, then that is how the sense of gratitude, the reverence, the devotion we can discover. Prabhasmi Shashi Surya Yoho In sun and moon, I am the light. Pranavaha Saravedeshu In all the Vedas, I am Pranava. Pranava means the syllable Om, letter Om. is also called Pranava. <coughs> and sometimes I explain as to how Pranava or Omkar has become the whole, nothing, the whole Vedas and thing but the manifestation of Om. You know, Om 
is made of these three matras, akara, ukara, makara. It is said that from these three matras or three letters of Om, akara, ukara, a, u, m, emerge the three vyahradis, bhuhu, bhuaha, swaha. From a, u, ma, bhuhu, bhuaha, swaha. From that, the three feet of Gayatri, from Bhuhu, Tat Savitur Varanyam, Bhuva, Bhargo Devasya Dhimahi, Subha, Dhyo Yona Prachodayad. And from that the three Vedas, the Ruk Veda, Yajur Veda, Sam Veda. Thus from the Omkara, all the Vedas have emerged. Therefore Lord Krishna, the Omkara is the very essence of the Vedas. So it pervades the entire Vedas. Om ultimately is the name of the Lord, and Vedas only reveal the nature of Lord, directly or indirectly, and therefore, Lord Krishna says that I pervade the entire Vedas as Om. <coughs> Pranava Saravedeshu. In all the Vedas, I am Pranava, I am the Omkara. Shabdakhe. In the space, I am the sound. Sound is the quality of element space. Paurusham <coughs> Nrushu. In Nrushu. In all the human beings, I am the Paurusham. I am the strength, the courage. What is meant by Paurusham is that very uh, desire and the very activity that we have to, to, to grow. The urge that we have and putting into practice the urge to grow, to rise higher than where we are. This is called Paurusham. I am at one level, let us say one level of it in, this, in the spiritual matter also. I am one level as far as my likes and dislikes are concerned to rise higher in terms of this self-growth. So that strength that is required for a person to grow spiritually in inner strength, in our inner capacities, that is called Paurusham. In fact, any, any strength that is required even to grow materially, to become bigger than what I am, stronger than what I am, more well-known, wealthier, that is also Paurusham. But apart from that, this paurusham, this strength or the courage that is required in order for me to grow is called paurusham. In all human beings this is there and that paurusham I am. That's what makes a human being. The very capacity to follow dharma, for example, the capacity to live a righteous way of life. <coughs> there also calls for inner strength. To be able to speak truth calls for inner strength. To be able to be honest. To be kind, to be non-violent, all of this requires an inner strength. To be compassionate, to be forgiving, to be enduring, you know, this all requires inner strength. So strength that enables me to live a righteous way of life, strength that enables me to live a life of values, that paurusham, that strength, Lord Krishna says, I am. And that is what makes a human being what he or she is. Dharmohitesham adhiko visheshaha. That which distinguishes a human being from all living beings is what we call dharma, the righteousness. Otherwise, the instinct of eating and drinking and procreation, all of these are there in all living beings. But what is special about human being is that he has the dharma, he has the capacity to follow the righteous way of life. And that requires inner strength. That strength, Lord Christ says, I am. <coughs> That's what makes a human being what he is otherwise. 
he is nothing but an animal in the two legs, that's what it is. So dharmena hinaha pasubhishamanaha those in whose life there is no dharma, there is no righteousness, there's, you know, there is no responsibility, no duty. They are as good as animals. So paurusham drushu in the human being, this paurusham, this strength, inner strength, I am. Then continuing, Lord Krishna describes further. As we said the other day, Lord Krishna here again says what I am. Then whatever remains is what you and I are, you know. So accounting for whatever is his or he, what remains is what we are. Then we have to see what is left that I can call as mine, what is left that I can call as I. <coughs> the ninth verse further. Punyo gandhaf prasivyancha Tejas chasme vibhavaso Jeevanam sarva bhuteshu Tapas chasme tapasvisho Punyo gandhaf prasivyancha in the earth, I am the sweet fragrance. So fragrance, so the smell is the, is the quality of earth. So that smell or the fragrance I am because of which earth is what it is. I am the taste because of which water is what it is. I am the sound because of which the space is what it is. I am the fragrance because of which earth is what it is. I who is the fragrance, the sweet fragrance alone is the earth. So essence of the earth is nothing but fragrance, and that's what I am. <coughs> so in I, who is of the nature of sweet fragrance, in me the entire earth is woven. Like in an embroidery, so earth may be looked upon as a design or in an embroidery, and Lord Krishna says, I, who is the sweet fragrance of that, the earth is made. I am pervading the earth. I am manifest as the earth. Tejaschasmi <coughs> bhavaso. Vibhavas means fire. In the fire, I am the heat and the brilliance. So the brightness and the heat which is there in the fire, that's what I am. Now brightness and heat is the very essence of fire, and therefore I pervade the fire as brightness and heat. <coughs> so now you are sitting in the evening with your fireplace. You lighted the fire, sitting there, you can, you can meditate if you like, that this is the brilliance. The dahana, Prakashana samarthyam, the ability that the fire has to illumine or to burn, that is nothing but Lord. Fire would not be what it is without that. You know this famous story that is being told in the Kyanopanishad. This is the, uh, the story is being told that once upon a time, in the battle between the gods and the demons, the gods won the battle. When they won the battle, they were very proud of themselves. Each one of them proclaiming that this is due to me that we won the battle. Lord Agni, fire says it because of me, Vayu says because of me, and all every all gods, you know, so this is our glory, this is our victory. So they won the battle all right, but then they were very proud. So then Ishwara thought that this is not right. This pride, so they won. But the very pride will again cause them to be defeated. And therefore, they should be taught the lesson of the life. What is the reality of life? 
So while the gods are thus talking to each other and proclaiming their own glory, there appeared before them a divine, beautiful, divine, adorable form called Yaksha. And all, all of us, everybody just noticed that. Each one started asking the other, hey, who is that? I don't know. Who is that? I don't know. They forgot their own glories. Because this was so adorable, so enchanting. And, you know, that they realize there is something much greater than what we are. They want to know what is it. So all the devatas went to the Lord of Fire, Agni Devata. And they questioned him. He Jatavedas, he Agni Devata, you are the most brilliant among us. Will you please go and find out who this Yaksha, who this adorable, uh, who the adorable manifestation is? Will you please find out? Agni says, sure, I'll find out. Because he's very proud. He's Agni, he's fire, he's brilliant. He goes there. But as soon as he approaches, he reaches in the vicinity of that Yaksha. Somehow he lost all his, uh, you know, uh, courage and enthusiasm. He just stood there. He could not even say a word. Then Yaksha asked him, says, who are you? Then, fire god says, I am Agni. They call me Jataveda. That is my title. Why say? Jataveda means one who is born with all the knowledge or who knows everything that is born. Because fire is the witness of all the active, all the rituals that are performed. He knows everything. He is witness of everything. I am Agni. And they call me Jataveda. Oh really? What is your strength? You such as you who are, what's your strength? Then agreeing further is a boaster. What do you mean, what is my strength? I can burn the entire thing. I burn anything in the whole three words I can burn. Really? Please do me a favor. Then Yaksha picked up a dry blade of grass, dry blade of grass, thrum, and placed before the Lord of Fire. Please burn this. Fire must have looked at him. What do you mean burn this? You, I can burn the whole world. You are asking to burn this little blade of grass? Please burn this. And then fire started to burn it. And burn it. And tried it. And tried it. And tried with all his might. But fire could not burn even the dry blade of grass. In all the shame, with his head down, he came back. The devatas, the gods asked him, Hey, did you find out who is that? Who is that? I am sorry. I could not find out who that yaksha is. The Yutas are disappointed. Then they go to the wind god. Hey Vayu, you are the most powerful among us. Will you please go and find out who that Yaksha is? Sure I will find out. So he also goes Vayu. But as he approaches Yaksha and goes in the vicinity, he could not speak a single word. As before, Yaksha asked him, Who are you? Then again Vayu got there. I am Vayu. They call me Madarishwa. Meaning that I am one whose, whose motion or movement cannot be obstructed by anybody. Oh, really? What is your strength? <laughs> I can blow away anything in the whole universe. Oh, really? Please do me a favor. Same blade of grass, which fire could not burn, that is placed before while. Please blow this away. So what are you talking? Blow this away? Please. And then why the wind god tried with all his might to blow away that little blade of grass, he could not do that. 
ashamed of himself, he also came back. So idea about this story is that ultimately that the fire can burn because of whom? So, and then Indra went there ultimately uh, Indra served was Indra, the king of gods. And then Jaksha disappeared from his sight. And that is how Indra's pride was completely subdued because the other two gods got the opportunity to have audience. Indra did not even have an audience with him because as soon as Indra reached there, Yaksha disappeared. In all humility, Indra waited there and prayed. And there appeared, in the same place where Yaksha disappeared, appeared there the goddess of knowledge, Uma. She appeared. And Indra asked asked her, Who was that who disappeared from my sight? That was Ishvara, that was Brahman. It is by his glory that you are victorious. By his glory that you are glorious. So lesson is that the fire can burn not because of itself, because of Ishvara. The vayu can actually blow things away because of Ishvara. The sun shines because of Ishvara. The fire burns because of Ishvara. So Chetejas Chasmi Vibhavasu in Vibhavasu, in the fire, I'm the very brilliance. They need the capacity to burn and illuminate. That's what I am. Jivanam Sarabhuteshu. In all the beings, I'm the very life. The very life, because of which the beings are alive, that very life I am. So sometimes Jivanam is explained as Andarasa, the essence of food, because of which the living beings are able to live, that very essence of food, that is responsible for life, that's what I am. Tapascha, tapasvishu. Among the ascetics, I am the, the uh, tapasvi. That means ascetics. So, the power of asceticism, that's what I am. And so, those people who are performing the penance, so I am the very penance in the ascetics. What is meant by penance is the ability to suffer, that's what, you know. So, this is also a value. Cultivating abilities to put up with pain. So, Shitoshna, Shut Pipasadi, Dvandvasahanam. Just put up with the pain of hunger and thirst, of heat and cold. So, deliberately observe fast. Even though you have food, observe fast. And suffer, or endure, not suffer, endure the pain of hunger. Pain of thirst, pain of heat, pain of cold. So, this endurance of pain is called tapaha. To be able to control our own sense organs, to be able to control our own mind. So this tapas or penance is also great value. In all religious traditions, but so much so in India, tapas or penance is a great value. It is not that you fast only in one month in the year. Every, the whole year. Every week, you know, they fast. At least one day, sometimes two days, on Monday some I'm fasting, and Thursday I'm fasting, and Saturday I'm fasting, and Ekadashi, eleventh day I'm fasting, and Purnima I'm fasting, and Chaturdashi, etc. Whatever. In this whole month of Shravana and fasting. This one kind of tapas. So people, tapasvi means one whose nature it is to perform penance. In that, that very capacity of performance of penance, that's what I am. <clears throat> so now, when we fast, and we are a little proud that Swamiji had fasted today, <laughs> we should know where that capacity comes from. 
capacity to even endure pain, capacity to fast, basically tapasarya is the concentration of mind ultimately, all of that, even there is vaktapas, the austerity of speech, for example. As Lord Krishna described in the seventh chapter, austerity of speech. What is that? Say that which is truthful and say it in a pleasant manner and say only if it is necessary and say it in such a manner that it does not hurt anybody. Great austerity. Austerity of speech, austerity of mind, austerity of the body. These are all prescribed. Lord Krishna says, I am the very capacity in this austere people to perform the austerities. <coughs> Continuing in the tenth verse, Bijam Vam Sarva Bhutanam Vidhipartha Sanatanam Buddhir Buddhimatam Asmi Tejas Tejasvinamaham He Partha Bijamam Sarbhutanam Vidhi, I am the eternal seed of all the beings. Bija means seed means a cause. I am the very cause, so wherever there is any effect. What is seed? Seed is that which is the cause for the growing or the manifestation of a sprout. So when there is a sprout, we can infer the presence of a seed. From the effect, we can infer the presence of the cause. Lord Krishna says, I am the cause, everywhere. And what kind of cause? Eternal cause. What happens is that seed is the cause of sprout, all right, but then by giving birth to the sprout, the seed itself is gone, you know. So seed is a perishable cause. So usually cause becomes, by giving rise to effect, usually seed itself perishes. Therefore the seeds are usually perishable. So cause is generally perishable because let us say that lump of clay is the cause of a pot, then the lump goes away and the pot comes. So usually the cause is perishable. Lord Krishna says, I'm the imperishable cause of all the beings, imperishable cause of all the effects. I am the very cause, wherever you see any effect, wherever you see any birth, remember that I am the very cause. But my, I was born of my mother, I was born of my parents, that is all right. They are, but really the, I am the parent, Lord Krishna In the 14th chapter, Lord Krishna says, Sarvayonishikaundaya murtaha sambhavantiyaha tasam brahmahadyonihi aham bija pradhapita. In all the species, whatever individuals are born, so whenever the birth takes place, Recognize that my Maya is the mother and I am the father. So in this mother and this father, the local mother and father, they are no doubt the, the perishable seeds, but in them who is functioning, the one that functions through them is nothing but ultimately Ishvara, the Lord. So his Maya is the material cause and he is the efficient cause. Bijamam, Sarabhutanam, Vidhipartha, Sanatanam, I am the eternal, imperishable cause, imperishable seed, and thus, everywhere there is any birth, you can meditate on Lord. It's the very cause that causes birth is nothing but the Lord. So, I am the cause. Buddhi, buddhi matam asmi. I am the intellect of the intelligence. 
What is meant by intellect is the ability to discriminate. The human being is endowed with an intellect, which has a viveka samarthyam, the ability to discriminate between the right and wrong, between good and bad, between... As Lord Krishna says in the Gita, pravrtim cha nevrtim cha karya karya bhaya bhaya bandham moksham chaya vetti buddhisa partha sattvakim. This is called the buddhi, which can distinguish between pravrti and nevrti. So, what is pravrti? What is engagement? Disengagement. Karyam, akaryam. What is, to, what is to be done? What is not to be done. What is proper to do? What is not proper to do. What will cause bondage? What will liberate? What will cause fear? What will liberate me from fear? What is right? What is wrong? So this capacity that the human intellect has is called, human mind is called buddhi. Lord Krishna says, buddhi, buddhi matamasmi, of the intelligent, I am the very intelligence. <coughs> so I'm sure you're listening and recognizing what is God, what is Ishvara. Then whatever is left is between you and I, you know, that's all. So, he is the intelligence of the intelligence. Tejas, tejas, vinam, and the brilliance of the brilliant. What is brilliance? Brilliance, of course, in terms of again, brilliance of the intellect, brilliance of performance. But here this word tejas or the brilliance is explained as pragalabhyam in Sanskrit. Means the ability to overpower somebody and not being overpowered by others. So suppose there is a debate going on between two persons and the ability to be able to overpower the other person and not being overpowered by him. In any case, in any situation, the ability to be able to create an impact on others is called brilliance. So there are some people who just create impact just by their very presence. By their words, by their presence, by their actions, they will create their impact upon others. That is called tejas or brilliance. So, the brilliance the people have, the brilliance I am of the brilliant. <coughs> then further, Balam Balavatam Chaham Kamaraja Vivarjitam Dharma Viruddha Bhuteshu Kamosmi Bharatarshabha Balam Balavatam Chaham and of the strength of the strong. So of the strong, the strength, Lord Krishna says, I am there. <coughs> oh, that means that you are the strength of the strong. Then Ravana also is very strong. You are the strength of Ravana also, you are destructive strength? He says, no, no, I am the creative strength. Kamaraga vivarjitam. The strength can be creative, the strength can be destructive. The strength can be sattvic, the strength can be rajasi or tamas. So kamaraga vivarjitam balam. I am the strength that is devoid of kama and raga. What is kama? Kama is desire. Ra is translated, kama is the desire for what I do not have is called kama. And raga, the attachment for what I have is called raga. The desire for what I do not have is kama, and attachment for what I have is called raga. So this also creates a strength. 
when a desire arises in me, then also there is a passion in me, because when we find that the desire turns into anger, the anger also creates a, gives a, an appearance of lot of strength. A person is nothing, you know, when a person gets angry, you have to see that. Even a fellow who otherwise, he will fly away in the air, that is how he is. When he gets angry, then he will take on anybody, you know, not knowing what his strength is, he forgets. But we know that the anger also gives rise to a strength. A passion gives rise to any kind of passion. Lust also is a passion, also gives rise to strength. Anger also is passion, gives rise to strength. Attachment also is passion, I won't let go. So these are, this kind of a strength is not what we call the creative strength, this is a strength that is hurting or destructive strength. Lord Krishna says, I am the strength of the strong. What kind of strength? That is devoid of karma and raga. Attachment, desire and attachment. Dihadi dharnamatrartham. That strength that is required for sustaining the body. What we call the sattvic strength. Because Rama also is strong and Ravana also is, Lord Rama is also strong and Ravana also is strong. But see, Ravana is well known as a calming, as a lustful person, as Krodhi, as an angry person, as Lobi, as a greedy one. So strength of Ravana was derived from Kama, Krodha, Lobha, whereas the strength of Lord Rama was derived from sattva, was derived from the very spiritual strength that he had. And so, there is also an inner strength that you have. You know, it requires a tremendous amount of strength, as I said, just to be able to speak truth. It requires strength. To be honest requires strength. To be good requires strength. To be charitable requires strength. And that's the strength, that is also strength. And that is what we call the sattvic strength, the strength coming from sattva. Lord Krishna says, I am the strength of the strong people. <clears throat> so, balam balavada. And that is basically the strength that we have. Each one of us has that. But that very strength gets contaminated on account of this raga and dvesha. So, basically strength that each one of us has is, is nothing but the manifestation of Lord. But that strength then gets polluted, contaminated. Because Ultimately, the strength expresses through our own mind. And the mind has its attachment and desire and therefore, the strength also gets contaminated. So, we did not elaborate this, but in one verse, Lord Krishna says, Punyo Gandhav Prasivyamcha, I'm the sweet fragrance in the earth. Sweet fragrance. How about the foul fragrance? Who is that? You know? Because fragrance is, smell is both the kinds, isn't it? So when you're driving and then you sometimes you have to close your nose, what is it? A skunk, you know. That's also a smell. So Lord Krishna, I'm the sweet smell. I'm a sattvic strength. Then what about the other smell? What about the other strength? That is due, that is all pollution or contamination on account of association with ignorance. It is associated ignorance that actually contaminates. In each one of us, ultimately, as we said, the self of all is nothing but Lord Himself. And so in the morning we are saying that the question is, you mean Swamiji, in terrorist also same Ishwara is there? Same thing. Same electricity in all the bulbs, and all the heaters, and everywhere. But if you suppose insert your fingers in an in a, in a outlet, suppose, what will happen? Same electricity will give you a shock also. 
No, electricity is the same impartial. Its expression depends upon the very medium of expression. So also, everywhere the same divinity is there, same Ishvara is there, same wholeness and completeness is there in each one of us. That is the essence. But then we are what we are outwardly, that is because that very same divinity or the same fullness or wholeness that Lord is, has to manifest through our personality, consisting of our body, sense organs, mind, intellect, and that is a sattvic, rajas or tamas. So depending upon the personality, the expression changes. Depending upon the appliance, the expression of the electricity changes. And so, depending on this appliance, what is the appliance? This body-mind complex. Whether it is sattvic, made of sattva, predominant in sattva, predominant in rajas, predominant in tamas. And so, same strength everybody has, a sattvic strength. But because of kama and the raga, their very strength becomes the destructive strength also. <clears throat> but we cannot, as Swamiji repeated a number of times, that Ishvara is not sad. Sadness is not apart from Ishvara. But Ishvara is not sad, if you remember, you know. So, similarly also, this destructive strength also is not apart from Ishvara. But the destructiveness and the strength is not Ishvara. Ishvara is not the destructive strength. He always is benign, benevolent one, but then, depending upon where the strength manifests, that is where, it is like that the water may be clean, but if you are filtering through a piece of cloth which itself is dirty, then that water will become dirty. And so also, what is clean, what is pure, what is sacred, that is the essence of each one of us. But then, it manifests through our personality, which is made up of this sattva rajasthamas, and that is why the expressions vary. Dharma bhuteshu Kamosmi Bharatarshava, He Bharatarshava, O foremost among the clan of Bharata, I am the Kamaha, the very desire. So Lord Krishna says, very desire I am. Kama I am, desire I am. In fact, Kama can be interpreted simply as nothing but the, the biological urge that one has is called Kama. Or that alone results in many various desires. We can say that karma is desire, the desire I am. So Lord Krishna is a very desire. So you must hear Pujya Swamiji talking a lot about desire, you know. That we have these three powers, the Jnana Shakti, Icha Shakti, Kriya Shakti, the power to know, the power to desire. That's a great privilege. Because a cow cannot desire. Cow cannot say to a bullock, honey, I'm just repeating. Shall we go out to, to Pizza Hut this evening or something like that? That kind of desire cannot be in a cow. To desire is also a privilege. If that privilege is utilized, any privilege can also be abused. That's the unfortunate thing. Unfortunately or whatever, whatever can be a blessing can also become a curse. Desire is a blessing because Lord says, I am the very desire. And thus, it is desire that motivates me to change, desire that motivates me to grow. Even desire for moksha, ultimately, desire to become free is also desire. Moksha me bhuyatidicca 
that may I be liberated, may I have moksha, that desire is called mumukshutam, and that desire is the qualification. May I have the knowledge, the desire to know is also desire. And when you have the desire to know, then there is, you are qualified to know, that's all. So who is qualified to study Vedanta? Whoever has desire to learn, that's all, desire to know. So a desire is a great privilege. That is what makes human being grow. And that is how human beings have made such a tremendous progress. I mean, the, the sparrows uh, make their nest the same way. Hundreds of years ago, the sparrows have never thought of how to make any better nest. Same kind of nest. And the sparrows, sparrows become so stupid. They bring all these, you know, these, these uh, little grass twigs and then they pile them up. That is their, their nest. And that is right in our way, so we throw them out. Again, they bring same thing, same place. Again you wipe it out. Same thing. That's all. There's no architect in the, you know. The cows eat the same grass all along for centuries. Then it never occurs to them to cook the grass someday, to spice it, someday make it more delicious. Same thing is going on. So because the itcha is not there, the desire to become bigger and better, desire to change is not there. It's good that it is not there in them. But then, that we have the desire to change, desire to become bigger than what I am, better than what I am, this is a great privilege. Lord Krishna says, Kamaha. But what comes? Dharma, Viruddha, Bhuteshu, Kamasmi, Bharatarshabha. I am that very Kama of the desire which is unopposed to Dharma. So, Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha. So, desire for pleasure. Desire for gratification also is desire. Desire for sense gratification also is called karma. Basically, karma means desire for gratification. Gratification of senses, gratification of ego, that is also desire. And that's called one of the purusharthas, one of the human ends, artha, karma. Which is all right. If there is desire for gratification, it's okay. As long as dharma avirudha, as long as it is not opposed to dharma. Not opposed to the righteousness. Meaning that where the means is fair. So, the means of fulfilling desires are legitimate. They are fair, then that desire, Lord Krishna says, I am. <coughs> so, desire also he is. So, question is, Swamiji, if Lord is a desire unopposed to dharma, how about desire opposed to dharma? A desire to steal, let us say. A desire to cheat. You know, there is also desire. So, Ishwara is not that desire. But basically, desire is always pure. But when that desire manifests through a certain personality, it comes out as desire to steal or desire to cheat. You remove that personality. As we say, even so-called terrorist also. You can change that terrorist into a good person. Theoretically, you can change. Because goodness is the inherent nature of everything. Because if God is the self of all, then goodness is nature of everyone. It's only due to ignorance that there is this, this contamination of pollution is there. That is why the psychologists will tell us that even the so-called terrorist, there is no such person as a terrorist. But then all these tendencies are accumulated on account of the upbringing and whatever, on account of the past karma also, but they are incidental 
and not inherent. Inherently, the person is, is good. Incidentally, he happens to be a terrorist, but an incidental thing can be removed. Just as incidentally, the water is impure, impurity can be removed because purity is the nature of water. So this adharma is a product of ignorance. <coughs> so, so far Lord Krishna has described, he is all good things, you know. Dharma viruddho kabhuteshu kamosmi. I am the desire unopposed to dharma. I am the strength free from attachment and desire. But what about the strength of attachment and desire? What about the desire which is uh, opposed to dharma? Lord Krishna says, I am everything, ultimately. Then why did he say these things? For us to meditate. So these things are, the, these are called vibhutis or glories. They are described in these four verses to help us meditation. And now in the twelfth verse, he says he is everything. Yechaivasatvika <clears> bhavaha <throat> Rajasastamasaschaye Matta evetitan vidhi Natvahamte shute mai Ichaiva sattvikaha bhavaha Whatever the things and beings that are born of sattva Rajasaha born of rajas Tamasaha, born of tamas. You know, sattva, rajas and tamas are the three dispositions. Sattva, three dispositions of mind, or three dispositions in fact that make up the whole universe. Sattva, rajas and tamas. Sattva is tranquility, purity, goodness, is sattva. Rajas is agitation, aggressiveness, Rajas. Tamas. Dullness. Inactivity is tamas. Sattva, rajas and tamas. And we find this world made up of these three. Like sun is shining, is bright, more of sattva. The wind is blowing, you know, more of rajas. The mountains are standing, more of tamas. So these three gunas make up the whole universe. It makes up our personality also. So when we are cheerful, when we are good, when we are loving, when we are kind, when we are, you know, generous, that is sattva. Sometimes we become nasty, sometimes we become cruel, sometimes we become aggressive, sometimes revenge, rajas. Sometimes we become just dull, sleepy, <coughs> disinterested, no motivation, tamas. So sattva, rajas and tamas. Between these this three, they account for everything that is in the universe, understand. As Sankhya explains to us, the whole universe is a product of sattva, rajas and tamas. So different models are given to us. One model is that the universe is the product of five elements, space, air, fire, water and earth. That's one model. But then also then Tattva Bodha explains that each element has its three qualities, sattva, rajas and tamas. So this is a model. The whole universe is a product of the combination of sattva, rajas and tamas. We are also a combination of sattva, rajas, tamas. Sometimes I find myself very kind and loving and generous. 
Swami may have this, take it. <laughs> Sometimes, not so, most, not so generous. May Swami may have that, wait, why do you want it? What for? What is it, you know? Even though I have it, I cannot part with it. Something within me stops me. And I want more than what I have, more and more. In spite of, in spite of having plenty, I still want more. In spite of having plenty, I cannot part with it. But I just, that insecurity. When a person is, the mind is full of rajas, then I am keenly aware of my inadequacy, my wants, my lack, my insecurity, and therefore I just hold on to something. I feel very insecure. Outwardly I may appear very aggressive. Inwardly I am very insecure. And therefore, that is rajas. Sometimes tamas. Very sad, depressed, tamas. So this is how sattva, rajas, tamas. So far, Lord Krishna described his glories, which are all sattvic. So we would think that elsewhere God is not. That's how all other theologies will describe God. God has always the, that which is only in the good things. Ananda kalyana guna ganayika nilaya. He is very abode of all the greatest virtues, which is wonderful. But how about the others? He says, ye chayiva sattvika bhavaha. Whatever things and beings are there, sentient, insentient, is sattvika, meaning born of sattva, which is pure and tranquil, born of rajas, agitation, aggressiveness, tamas, dullness, cruelty, all of these, matteviritan vidhi, know that all of these are born of me, they all emerge from me. Lord Krishna has no difficulty in accepting everything. He says, everything is from me. Because when he claims that there is nothing other than me, he has to admit that Ravana also is him. Kumbhakarana also is Ravana means Rajas. Kumbhakarana means Tamas also is him. Rama also is him. So Vibhishana, Ravana and, and Ra- Kumbhakarana. So Satvik, Rajas and Tamas. All of this is me. That means, Lord, you... All of this is you, then you are the thief, then you are the terrorist, you are the murderer, you are this. Natvaham teshu temai, I am not in them, they are in me. The B is equal to A, A is not equal to B. Like this actor who is multimillionaire says that, the beggar also is me. Remember, understand that the beggar also has emerged from me, the king also is me, and the minister also is me, and the sannyasi also is in me, and everybody is in me. Oh, meaning you become a beggar? That's what you become? The beggar is in me, but I am not in beggar. Meaning that the beggar depends upon me. Beggar is superimposition upon me, but I have not become the beggar. So just as the actor would say that, Natvaham teshu teme, they are in me, I am not in them, the beggar is in me, I am not in the beggar, meaning that I am not become the beggar, I appear as a beggar. I play as a beggar, I appear as a beggar. If he has become the beggar, then he is in trouble, really. If the actor becomes a beggar, he cannot become, but he may think that he is beggar. It is possible that because of intoxication he might forget who he is and he may take himself a beggar. 
as each one of us also is intoxicated because of ignorance and think that we are this jiva. But Swami, who is this jiva? Who is being born? Who is who is suffering and who is going to the samsara? Same Ishvara. There is nobody else. If there was somebody else, then he may be a samsara. Who is samsari? Ishvara. Who is talking? He is talking. Who is hearing? He is hearing. He is listening. Who is sad? He is sad. Who is born? He is born. Who is dying? He is dying. Who is hurting? He is hurting. Who is guilty? He is guilty. Who is hurt? He is hurt. Can you imagine if little bit of guilt and hurt that we have, we are so miserable in samsaris, if all the hurt and guilt is there in Ishwara, how miserable and what a samsari would be? That's only difference. That the hurt and guilt that is in me, I am identified with it. I take it to my hurt and guilt. The only difference between Jiva and Ishwara is ignorance and knowledge, primarily. So he knows that all this is mithya, all this is just an appearance. The actor, even while acting as a beggar, knows his identity, knows that beggar is just an acting, is just an appearance, is just a superimposition. And therefore, even while acting as a beggar, he has not become the beggar. So also, sattva, rajastamas, all of these are various costumes. Lord Krishna says that I manifest the whole universe wearing these threefold costume of sattva, rajastamas. So whether there is a thing or a being that is called sattvic, that is pure, or rajas, that is impure, or tamas, that is inert or dull, in all of them, I alone am in all of them. But they are in me, I am not in them, meaning that I have not become them. So birth of the body is not my birth. Even though the, the thief is stealing, I am not stealing. Even though the murderer is murdering, I am not, I'm not murdering, I am not becoming a murderer. Then what is it? It is like the play, that there is an appearance in the play also, there is somebody stealing there, but not really stealing. In the play, somebody is bagging, but not really bagging. In the play, all this is happening, but not really happening. And so also, all of this is happening at a certain level, which is what we call the appearance. He appears as sattvic person, appears as rajas, appears as tamas, but he's not become that. So whatever there is, is nothing but I. There is nothing other than me. Sattvic, rajas or tamas. And why, is, why are we told these things? What is the use of Swami? How can we practically use this knowledge? What we are told is, try to shift the focus of attention from the costume to the actor who is playing the costume. Just as I said on Saturday evening in the cultural program, how the, the attention, the focus of attention changes from the costume. My son has become Dushasana or something, you know, Duryodhana. But still, I don't look upon him as Duryodhana. My son may have become a thief. I don't look upon him as thieves. So brother, say a thief has come. But oh, I see only my son. I see the one who is acting behind the costume. So all the variety and diversity and disparity is in the costumes. We are told that in spite of all the various costumes, the one in the costumes is one alone. And so shift the focus. Don't give importance to costume. 
doesn't matter which sattvic, rajas, tamas. What matters is the one who is manifesting through that. So thus, this is what Advaita, the teaching of non-duality does. Because giving reality to duality is samsara. And focusing attention from that to non-duality is moksha. So just change the focus of attention. Nothing else. Changing focus of attention. From what is unreal to the real. From what is a costume to the one who is wearing the costume. Okay. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Purnamidam Purnamidam Purnamudachyade 